Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Casanari-King. Today, I am honored to have Jane Davis-Cop from Northampton, New Hampshire. And Jane, welcome to the show. Thank you, Laura. Yeah. So we always like to start off by, um, since it is Artists of New England, find out how you became one and were you born here? I was not born in New England. I was born in um, North Carolina. My dad was um, a professor at the University of North Carolina at the time. Mm-hmm. And he my mom is a Southerner. They loved living in the South, mm-hmm. but he had an opportunity to become a professor at Dartmouth. And so I only lived in North Carolina for one year before okay. I became really a New Englander. Wow. So yeah, your roots are deep then. Yes. <laughs> Great. So give us some background on how you got started being an artist. Well, I think one has to have an interest in art and that comes from somewhere. Mm. And I think neither of my parents were artists. They both were college graduates and expressed an interest in seeing art, but not actually participating in the process of art. Um, But I do remember some of the stories that they told me about about myself as a young child. Um, We had gone to a wedding in Washington, D.C., and they took me to the National Gallery of Art, and I was all dressed up with my black shoes. (laughs) And I asked my mom if I could take my shoes off because I wanted to see all the paintings in the gallery and my feet were hurting. So my mom always liked to tell me that story about I was just fascinated by looking at works of art. And how old again? I was about four or five. Wow, how about that? And then we lived in Europe in when I was 10 and 11. And I think that was kind of a turning point of my life, um, having that experience of being young and living in a foreign country. Wow. And we went to all the art museums there. What that is fortunate. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. And Florence it's such and an Paris. Place. And so it, it had a real influence on my interest in art. But mm-hmm. I never was one of those kids that sat around and drew and really spent all their time drawing and mm-hmm. painting and um my mom thought I should have piano lessons. So <laughs> I had piano lessons when I was probably in first and second grade. And my piano teacher was also an artist. And she mainly did pottery and oil painting. Oh. And she's actually um, the granddaughter of one of the founders of the Courier Museum of Art. Yes, was yes. Anne Slade Fry. I saw that. So the piano lessons kind of fell <laughs> to the wayside. <laughs> Partly because I am hearing impaired from having German measles as a very young child. So I I don't know, maybe I just couldn't quite get the music, but I definitely fell in love with the art process through her. And I think that's how I really started to be interested in I I just love that. I love how these circumstantial 
things just line up, right? Yes. To to make I mean, this is your career, so this is so where it fascinating. All kind of the interest began. Yeah. I mean, I was very athletic as, as yeah. a child. I spent all my time skiing and okay. playing tennis yeah. and swimming. I didn't spend the time really, mm-hmm. but I did go visit this artist and I had art lessons occasionally nice. with her, okay. you know, growing up. Right. And then when we were in high school, there wasn't, if you were going to go to college, there wasn't a lot of time to take art classes. Mm-hmm. So when I finally got to my senior year and I didn't have to take physics, I had taken my three sciences, <laughs> I was so excited I was going to take an art class. Uh-huh. And so the man that was teaching the art class said, well, you can do whatever you want. I'm like, really? That's going to be helpful? So oh, I was boy. I was very disappointed about that because I wanted somebody to instruct me and give sure. me some ideas and where to start yeah. with this whole process. So my dad ended up signing up myself and a friend to a life drawing class at Dartmouth. That was my first introduction wow. to art Jump Jumped class. in the deep end. <laughs> wow. So that was kind of... That's fascinating. Amazing. <laughs> but it was actually good because when I did end up going to college, I had a lot of life drawing. So I had a little bit of yeah. an introduction to that. Wow. So that was high school. And then I decided that I wanted to be an art teacher, mm-hmm. that that would be a way to combine my interest in art and my interest in education. Mm-hmm. So at that time, UNH had a really good program where you could get um, a degree in art education, mm-hmm. specifically. And they had a great uh, teacher who led all kinds of classes on how to do like printmaking with, you know, second graders and so forth. So it was very um, specific oriented about how to approach teaching the arts with young children Mm -hmm. and high school students. So I graduated from University of New Hampshire with a degree in art art education. Mm -hmm. And um, I think there was one teacher that was really, really profound in his instruction. Um, He was a drawing teacher. Mm -hmm. His name was um, Bill Majors. And I think he, of all my early experiences really influenced how I go about art um, and drawing in particular. So I really developed a a good background in drawing, Mm. not in painting. I did not feel like I knew anything about painting when I left college. Mm -hmm. I just did not get the kind of instruction or I just didn't have the insight at that time to figure it out. So for the next, you know, 30 some years I spent my career teaching art in public schools at different levels. Mm-hmm. And I decided to retire early so that I could try to see if I could um, make a go of being a painter. And so this is, painting for you is more recent. It's more recent. Oh, I did not know that. So I How amazing. Wow. I retired in 2011. Okay. I think maybe, maybe two or three years before I... Um, retired, I started trying to paint on the weekends. Okay, yeah. Teaching is is all consuming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I had two boys to raise, and I didn't have time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I always knew that it's something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So by the time they were in college and kind of off on their own, then I felt like, on, at least on the weekends, I could start trying to see whether Explore. I had what it took to become yeah. a painter. So that helped a little bit to get started. Um, and then pretty much I just taught myself 
acrylic to paint wow. pretty much. But I do have that drawing background and mm. that design background, some good design classes too. Um, it wasn't until just maybe a year or two that I actually took a couple of workshops. Oh, so, wow, great. So what uh, mediums did you start in? Acrylic, oil? I first started in oil a little bit, but I also was teaching uh, private students at the time in my studio. Mm -hmm. And the oil paint was in the materials were kind of a problem with one of the students. Okay. So I decided, well, I'm just going to do acrylic. acrylic yeah. And I... I've come to really like working with acrylics. I understand why people love oils, mm -hmm. but um, maybe because I just became very proficient in it that it's, mm -hmm. it still is my preferred method of mm -hmm. working. Yeah. So. Well, it, to me, it's amazing because I, when I first saw your works, I thought they were oil. So I, I can't visually tell the difference myself. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that most people can. Yeah. Well, that's good for me to know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just me. No, I don't think I've heard other people say that too. Okay, great. So uh, who have you taken a few classes with? Or um, I started by taking my first class I took um, two years ago was with Todd Benita, the um, glazing class, because yeah. yeah. I thought that was a really interesting process. Yeah. So that was the first one. I've taken a one-day workshop with uh, Karen Blackwood. Oh, I'm doing that coming up. Very exciting. <laughs> and... Then I've been to Bermuda with Todd Benita. That was more a plein air painting. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's it. Yeah. Wow. So I don't have that's a amazing. lot of background yeah. in instruction. So what uh, um, artists, living or dead, inspire your work or your, your... Well, when I was in college, I had a really excellent professor in American art. And it, before okay. then, I was just, you know, loved Van Gogh and Gauguin. Yeah. A lot of the French painters. Yeah. But... Um, after that class in American art, I just fell in love with the Hudson River School. Okay. Um, and I really like the luminous paintings yeah. that they do, like yeah. Albert Bierstadt and yeah. Martin Johnson Heed, which is not a painter that people hear about as much, but extraordinary painter. Um, Fritz Lane is more of a regional painter, a marine painter, okay. that whose work I really like too. Um, for contemporary painters, I'm very fond of Todd Benita's work, mm -hmm. Joe McGurl, William Davis Jr., mm -hmm. um, and Don Demers. Okay. They, I like their compositions, and I like the more linear quality that some of their paintings have. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Great. So um, what do you consider yourself now, a full-time, part-time artist? How are you... Um, I would say I know you have grandbabies, so that all gets <laughs> thrown in the mix. <laughs> I really can't do it full time because I started doing it, you know, pretty full time. But once I started taking care of my two little guys, um, I would say it, it's I'm a part time artist. However, mm -hmm. I do try to paint every day, even if only an hour. Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and I find it easier to do that with acrylic painting. Right. Yeah, my sister says the same. So um, talk a little bit about balance with because um, I know a lot of us are in that age bracket where we're starting to take care of aging parents and grandchildren and and some still juggling to work a job as well and paint so <laughs> how do you balance it what's what's uh, some well, tricks the tricks that I find for myself is that um, I like to look at what I have going on for the week mm -hmm. and then I schedule 
when I'm going to paint yeah, around that. I, I have a, a list. I'm a list maker. Yeah, me and too. And so this is where I'm going to paint at mm -hmm. this particular time. And that really works for me because it keeps you working mm. rather than, oh, gee, waking up. What should I do today? I've got this going on. I, I just yeah. find it really easy Mm -hmm. to schedule both when I'm going to paint and when I'm going to exercise because those yeah. are things that I right. really... You'll get to the end of the week and say, neither of those two things happened. <laughs> right. So those yeah. things are kind of priorities around around my schedule, yeah. and that really is very helpful. Yeah. I think you have to be very disciplined if you want to try to do something part-time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So what is your wow factor? What do you, how do you tell us how you um, find subjects to paint, how do you enjoy, do you enjoy painting plein air? I, uh, I guess just from traveling and my husband's a photographer and I do a lot of photography too. Mm. I mean, I think that I'm always interested in, in um, the shapes and compositions of what I see mm -hmm. in the natural world. I do like doing still lifes. I do a lot of that with my students. Um, so it just, the proportions have to be right, the light has to be right, the mm. shapes have to be interesting, the good focal point, those are the things that I look for when I'm trying to find subject matter. Okay, and so you paint primarily from photos or from? Yes. Okay, yeah. And um, tell us a little bit about your studio and how people could get involved there. Um, I have a, a, a good size studio over my garage at my home and it's like there's a stairway that goes up and around to my studio, so I have mm. a lot of a wall space to hang my painting. And this is in Northampton. And this is yeah. in Northampton. Okay, that's great. And um, after I stopped teaching, I had quite a few um, young students that still, middle school students that still wanted to have lessons with me. So I mm. did that. I don't feel like teaching is the focus for me right now. I, I still have a couple of students, but I, I did that for 30 years. I'm, yeah. I need to, I needed to move on to do yeah. something different. Yeah. Although I feel like you always learn something from teaching. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. For your own self as yeah. well as what you teach your students. Mm -hmm. um, so what is it that you want a viewer of your work to feel or what do you want them to come away with when they're looking well, at your work? Probably to either make some sort of connection with that place or time of day mm -hmm. that they enjoy. For me, it's really about aesthetics, mm. whether it's something is pleasing. Yeah. Not as much about the emotional content mm -hmm. of the piece, but whether it's aesthetically pleasing. Right. Okay. And um, what are you working on right now or planning for the near future? I have a body of works show coming up at the New Hampshire Art Association that oh, I'm trying to organize. And I'm doing mainly landscape paintings um, that all have either a forest or a tree related so that there's more it's more thematic and when is that that's going to be in September the month Ooh, of September in which gallery at the Robert Levy gallery Robert on State Levy. Street okay great nice that'd be wonderful so people can find you on your website and that would all be on there I think you yes. have a newsletter too so I people can get sign up for that at your website yes uh, janedaviscop.com that's it? correct okay great and that we also list information on the show notes on the website artistsofnewengland.com after the show um how about social media and marketing how do you 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 do really well at this so well i spend a lot of time doing this for 
the uh, series gallery in Portsmouth. Mm. So I don't spend as much time doing it for myself as mm. I should. Okay. Um, I try to, you know, schedule it in, but I have to say that isn't my priority. Okay. Um, I feel like I need to do more with it. Uh, what um, what platforms do you primarily use? Facebook, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Instagram, okay. and you know my and website. Website, mm -hmm. great. Yeah, they can be they can be consuming. They can be very, um, you know. I I know that many people say they're so worth the effort and and all of that, but I just recently did a, a boost with Facebook to see how that would work. It got me a lot of responses from Instagram because now it's interface with Instagram, right? Um, but not very much from Facebook. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting to see what the um, marketing data was on all of that. Oh, I see. Yeah, that is interesting. I know for, for myself, um, I, well, I have a huge Facebook following, but most of it is when my kids set up my Facebook 10 years ago and it was all their friends, which is kind of cool because yeah. now they're all growing up, having babies. We still stay in contact. Um, so I have it looks like I have a huge Facebook following, which is not primarily my my own personal friends or contacts, but I noticed that I I don't get the same people who respond on Facebook as I do on Instagram. So mm -hmm. it's definitely, I think, worthwhile, you know, to have the both of them going. Yeah, and, I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. What about five years from now? What are your goals for? Five years from now, I would like to have a more comprehensive body of work in the in mm. each of the areas that I like the marine painting, mm -hmm. which is the bulk of my work right now. Is marine painting, mm -hmm. um, landscape painting, and floral painting. I would like to have um, a significant body of work that I really like and feel that is the, my best work, so that I could get some traditional gallery representation. Yeah in some different um, areas like uh, Charleston or um, Naples, Florida. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so talk about that for a minute for people who are just maybe starting and don't even know where, where would you begin trying to find gallery representation? How does that work? Well, the first thing you need to do, there are a lot of good uh, blogs out there and books about how to, to mm. go about this, but the most important thing is that you have a really good Body of work. Yeah, you need to have at least twenty to twenty-five paintings that um, show your unique style. Yeah, and in order to be able to present to the a gallery, um, it is a difficult process to approach galleries. They're very busy. They like to find artists themselves sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so because I have not actually started it, I have just read about it. Mm -hmm. I think that I would probably put together a, a portfolio mm -hmm. and physically approach the galleries that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. I've heard that if you email things, it's real easy to yeah. delete the email. That's not the approach to take. Yes. Um, but it's also important to find the right gallery for your work. Right. And since my work is very traditional um, and more regional, it would be good for me to find a, a gallery that focused on that. Mm. Yeah, I... Um... We will have Jason Horsch, who's uh, from the Xanadu Gallery. He did write a very good book. Yes, he, I have his book, and I read his... Um, his Red Dot blog. Blog. Yeah, phenomenal. And they're a very good writer, and I really like what he has to say about the, the business. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have a podcast that can be listened to on the website where I interviewed him. Um, I was just going to ask you something, and it slipped my mind. But um, I like to get um, every artist to tell us what your advice would be. What great nugget could you give people as far as art, other artists? You know, what would you suggest is a strong thing to do daily or weekly? Or well, I think it's really important to be able to draw well. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a background in drawing, that that would be the one thing I would advise to do. Yeah. Just even if it's just a, you know, a little base or mm-hmm. an apple. Or and daily, you mean daily. Daily to draw something. Yeah, so this is interesting. My experience was I started with the drawing class. I'd never done anything. And when the kids all left home, I ended up in a drawing class. Long story short, I recently took drawing two, which was with live models. And uh, really was emphasized to me to draw every day which is not something it's just not my go-to you know but i i do think it's pretty necessary skill i think anton also mentioned that so we're seeing a a, um, a thread here of <laughs> the importance of to, to draw yeah and, uh, and to do something daily mm-hmm. yeah. i don't draw daily because i have to paint daily mm-hmm. um, and i really enjoy works uh, on graphic works mm-hmm. you know um in uh, drawing, you don't see a lot of it in galleries or even in museums. Right. But right. I, I do like it as a medium a lot. Yeah. I enjoy going to museums and seeing the when they have sketchbooks of mm-hmm. the great artists. I yes. definitely saw That's Turner's over at the Tate in London, and it was just fascinating to me. I wanted to get in that glass case and turn those pages. <laughs> yes, isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I think of myself in five years having stacks of them, but... That means I have to get busy today. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else you'd like to share with the listeners about upcoming events? So you told us about your show um, and your website and your teaching. And your I do have a, a book that I wrote. Oh, yes. Oh, please share. Of course. Um, it's called um, Visual Arts for Middle Schools. Yes. It's very much a niche book. It's mainly for teachers or people who homeschool their children mm-hmm. um, has really um, a lot of um, my student artwork in it and it's ah. based the curriculum is based on the national standards for art education yeah. and it's an ebook so it's very easy to access. Oh, wonderful so it could be found on Amazon and yes um, all the it's available through all your ebook retailers okay but you can access it easily through my website you go through to publish works and um, you'll see where you can just hit the Amazon button and it'll go right to where you can buy it. Oh, perfect. And what age levels? It's for middle schools. Middle school, I think you Which said, is, okay, you know, right. fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, mm-hmm. but it could be adapted for both older and younger children. Right. Wonderful. Yeah, I did I did peruse that and I f- totally forgot to mention. Yeah, that's a great, a great resource and one I could have used many years ago homeschooling my kids. I think we did use um, I can't remember the book now drawing on the right side of the brain or something like yeah, that that's but an important one we dabbled a bit in that with the kids but with betty edwards and yeah. I, I have used her um a lot of her ideas about drawing in my mm-hmm. curriculum yeah before. she's got a great great handle on it yeah i do what i love about yours is the student artwork that's included mm-hmm. it's just um very beautiful and, and nice to see that the kids get so involved you know, mm-hmm. especially middle schoolers, because that's the age where they become so self-conscious, right? That they, in grade school, they're, they'll draw on the walls, you know, they'll draw yeah. anywhere, but then they start getting... And I did teach, you know, um, 
that was my last 10 years with middle school students. Mm. Before that, I, I did the younger kids, and they very much just love whatever you yeah. present with them. Yeah. The, the middle school is a little more difficult to navigate to. More self-conscious, more... But I also felt that if you gave them skills, mm -hmm. that they really enjoyed having something specific to work on, okay. and it gave them more confidence. Right. Yeah, that's true. Just the, the simple thing of, as a graded shading and show them how to do that. And mm -hmm. they just thought that was magic. Wow. You know, nice. to make a form yeah. look three-dimensional mm -hmm. on a two-dimensional surface. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. And we'll look forward to checking out the show notes on your page on artistsofnewengland.com. Thank you very much, Laura. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. you got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.